Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. Thank you for your presence today. The Bible tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Yet all too often we choose to believe and rely more on what we see and hear rather than the hope and evidence we have in God and His Word. There is a purpose for everything God allows. Whether blessing or trial, steadfastly contending for our faith is spiritually fulfilling in ways we cannot imagine. Listen closely with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander teaches us. As you look at the word, you have to read this word in its grammatical, historical, cultural context in order to know the word of God. You got to know what was going on during that time, in that era, in that culture. Why was, to whom, was, what audience was he addressing? Why was he saying what he was saying? You got to look at that. You have to look at all of that and factor all that in. Because if you don't, listen, you have to read the scripture and you can't get an interpretation just on one reading. You got to read the passage and read the passage and read. And before you read, you got to really ask God to open up the scriptures through the spirit. Because the Spirit of God gives you the illumination from the Word of God. You understand what I'm saying? It alight- what you, illumination. You say, what is illumination? It is enlightenment. The Word of God, uh, the Spirit of God will open your mind up to truths yet to be discovered that are actually pregnant with truth. But you got to linger around the Word, hang in the Word, and let the Word begin to speak like only it can do. You understand what I'm saying? So, so you have to read the text, and then when you read it properly in its proper context, grammatically, culturally, and so forth, then you get a right interpretation, which gives you a right application. But now, if you get the wrong interpretation, then you abort the application. And if you, got a, a, if you have an aborted application, then your life is going to be misdirected because you came up with the wrong interpretation, which could not give you the right application. Am I talking, are y'all understand? Am I getting through? Oh God, help me preach this word. See, how does Satan perverts the word of God? Uh, not teaching the scripture with balance in light of the whole counsel of God. Some people, you know what, they're experts. They will take one little verse and they will make it say what they wanted to say, but it's not saying that because you got to look at that. Now, that verse is in the context of a whole passage. You got to know that, and that passage is in the context of the whole Bible. So you got to see, before you can understand what that verse is saying, you got to look at the chapter before, you got to look at the chapter you in, and you got to look at the chapter behind it. And then you got to look at that chapter in light of the whole book, in light of the whole Bible. And then you let the scripture interpret the scripture in order to come up with the right interpretation for glorification of the Lord Jesus Christ. D, uh, what Satan does, he blinds men to the truth. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 4 says, whose mind... The God of this age has blinded who do not believe lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. 
People come in here blind. I mean, they come in dressed up, beautiful hats, nice cologne, nice perfume, and they don the right spiritual protocol, but they are still blind. And Satan don't mind you come to the church as long as you stay satanically blind. And so, and, and that's his goal is to keep you blinded from the truth. And he, and, and what he does, uh, he'll cause you to focus on uh, somebody can't sing, uh, focus on negativity, negativity. Uh, why she always got to do that, or why he out oh, there he goes again. Why don't they get that crying baby out here? That us y'all are moving. When you le- when you leave here, all you got is is nothing. And you've left blinded by the enemy. You missed the word. You missed the principles. You missed the application. And you just say, well, he preached, but I didn't get nothing. Well, your tip, you were blinded. And besides, if you come with nothing, you, 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 you leave with nothing. Thank you. <laughs> you leave with nothing. You want folk to pray you happy, sing you happy, shout you happy. But where's your fire? Where's your fire? We're not, God is the only audience. Everybody else in here is, we all are participants. You you see, Uh, uh, E, what what does he do? E, uh, Satan steals the word of God from the heart. He steals the word of God from the heart. Matthew 13, 19, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked ones come and snatches away uh, what was sown in his heart. This is he who received a seed by the wayside. Uh, In other words, Satan tempts believers to doubt God's word, which results in them falling into sin. And and he snatches the word from them uh, through distractions and all other kinds of things. Uh, F, uh, he tempts believers to doubt. See, he tempts believers to doubt God's word, which results in our falling into sin. Genesis 3, 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? See, Satan's talking there. My friend, we are destined to fall into sin if we doubt the reliability, the authority, and the truth of God's word. You're destined to fall into sin just like Adam and Eve did. He says, look at the text, Genesis 3, 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field uh, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said? You need to underline that in your Bible because he placed that doubt and he caused her to doubt the reliability of the word of God, the authority of the word of God, and the truth of the word of God. And it went downhill from that. And when he can get you to doubt the authority of the word of God, and listen to these false prophets and apostate teachers, uh, be they women or men, uh, to, to say damnable things and you bite into it, you, you go downhill with your spiritual life from there. Matthew 4.1, then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Satan tempted Jesus, we too will be tempted. But, but we can win the victory over temptation if we are rooted and grounded in the word of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as come into man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Let me tell you something. For every temptation that you will encounter, there is an escape route. Now, some folk don't want the escape route because they really enjoy their sin. They really enjoy their sin. They're not looking for an escape. The escape is there, but you're so 
uh, lustful or engaging in what you want to do until you don't even try to find the light, you see. And so, uh, and, 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 and you have to do like, like Joseph. When you're confronted with sin, you have to flee. Get away. Get out. Lest you be beguiled and overtaken. And you say, I can handle it. I can handle it. That's pride. You can't handle it. The Bible says, take heed lest she fall. And a whole lot of you would be, a better, would be better off now had you ran from that particular man. Had you ran from that woman. You wish you had run. It's too late now. Damn it, it's done. They mess you up. And you, and you decided to run too late. A whole lot of things you ought to be running from. Left you broke. Left you out there. Mess your life up real good and you can't find them. And you yielded to temptation. Yielded to those words. All that kind of stuff. Won't you say Amen. What else Satan does? He deceives. Say he deceives. Revelation chapter 12 verse 9 says, So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil, and Satan, who deceives the whole world, he was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Satan was Lucifer in heaven. He knows there's a God. God created that angel. And he got beside himself. Pride was lifted up in his heart, and he wanted to take over heaven. And you know God's not going to stand for that. And the rebellion in heaven, God kicked them all out. Lucifer and a third of heaven. He said, a third of what? I don't know, but it was a whole bunch of them. How many of y'all, how many of y'all had a devil messing with you? It's a whole bunch of demons, and we can't count them. They're too numerable to count. Beloved, if you think you can get to heaven... Without, leave, without believing that Jesus is God, you are deceived. All the way through scriptures, it says, be not deceived, be not deceived. Particularly in the New Testament, be not deceived, be not deceived, be not deceived. You know why he says, be not deceived, be not deceived, be not deceived. Because many saints are duped and deceived. Duped and deceived. You are deceived if you, can think, you, if you think you can get to heaven without coming through Jesus. You're deceived if you think there are many roads to eternal life. Uh, the doctrine of inclusism. In other words, uh, uh, the, the, everybody's going to heaven. We all going to end up same place. Muslim going to heaven. The Jehovah Witness going to heaven. The Mormons going to heaven. The Christians going. Everybody going. To, that's a lie from the pits of hell. Why would God give many ways into the kingdom and sending His Son to die for salvation for all? You know what? Then He should not have died if He could have many ways to God. God sent his son because he is the only way. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. You can't get to the Father but by Jesus Christ. You can't go through the front door, the back door, or through any religion. You must go through Jesus Christ and him alone. And if you think there are many ways to God, you are greatly deceived and even to hell. You are greatly deceived if you're calling him Lord and shouting in church and saying amen and looking pretty and looking handsome and you're not living in obedience to the word of God. Stop shouting if you're not going to live obedience. Amen. Stop saying amen if you're not going to live it. God is not concerned about how high you jump when you shout. He's concerned about how well you walk when you land. H. What else does Satan do? He undermines the sanctity of marriage. 
He undermines the sanctity of marriage. Genesis chapter 2, verses 21 through 23. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in his place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. It didn't say he brought him to the man. He, uh-huh. And he didn't bring her to her. Huh? Why don't y'all say amen? Say amen. It wasn't no Adam and Steve there. And it wasn't no Shirley and Mary. He brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is now bones of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. You see, Satan hates marriage and the family because it was created by God and is a sacred institution through which children are born and led to Christ to affect this world for righteousness. Do you realize God, God, the, the, the perfect design of God is for a child to be born into a Christian family where the husband knows the Lord and believes the Lord, the wife knows the Lord and believes the Lord, and they together raise up, uh, bring birth to a child in the context of that relationship and pour Jesus in that child, and all of a sudden Jesus, the love of Jesus catches on to that child and that child embraces the God of his mama and daddy and when mama and daddy are long gone that child is carrying on the gospel torch because of what God has inculcated through those parents to that child but now Satan has missed it, messed it all up you know we, we glamorize sex out of wedlock if it feels good do it if you believe safe sex is a condom you deceived you deceived you deceive. You think, if you think you can lay with somebody that's not your wife and you're not going to pay consequences, you deceive. Won't you say amen? Say amen. That's right. You deceive. You see, you taking deals and making deals uh, and think you're going to get by, you deceive. You cheating on your taxes and think God's not going to get you, you deceive. It's tax time. You deceive. You deceive. You deceive. And God is saying, wake up. How does Satan assault the family? Through divorce. And people divorce at will and could care less. As a matter of fact, I really believe that the divorce rate among the Christian community is no different than in the world. And yet we say God is able. Amen. Why so many divorces? That's why we make a big deal about marriages. You saw all those folks that was married. In the first service, there was a couple that was married 54 years. Not because they were perfect and didn't have differences and didn't have issues. They learned to tough it out. Some of y'all cut deals before you get married, just in case. What do you call that when you try to make prenuptial agreements? That's straight from the pits of hell. You know, I want a prenuptial. You already said you can't trust him. I wouldn't put a ring on my, don't, I don't want your ring, prenup. No, look how quiet it's getting. No agreement. That's a big risk. That's why you got to pray. That's why you got to think and, be, and don't let folks sweet talk you and all that stuff, sugarcoat it. You got to be careful. Some of you, when you get married, you ought to throw away the key. Well, you can't find it. If you can't get out, then you got to work it out. Some of y'all get out because the key is in your back pocket or in your purse. And maybe a 22 caliber with it. 
Bible says to death do you part. You say, well, Pastor, what about uh, biblical grounds for divorce? There are. There are biblical grounds. But they are very, very few. And that's a whole other lesson that I can talk about. I've preached that. I can't go there now, but I wish I could. I wish I could because they're very few. And even when you have a biblical ground for divorce, it ought to be your last option. Because sometimes in a failure, God may do his greatest work. Sometimes God allows folk to fail and allow that issue to come because God is going to really now make that person what he wasn't before. Or what she wasn't before. And nobody's exempt from falling. Nobody. Uh, and then Satan attacks not only through divorce, but through anger. Husbands and fathers, if your children and wife scare you and they have more peace when you go, something is tragically wrong. Wives, if you belittling your husband, put him down and talk him down before your kids, disrespecting him and, uh, uh, and, 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 and shouting and screaming and being hellish around that house. And the Bible Proverbs says, better to be on a rooftop than with a crazy cackling woman. That's a Draper's version, but it's in the Bible. Better to be on a rooftop than with a woman that's out of control. Y'all say, it's in the Bible. It's in there. You, 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 you give a whole dissertation before he can get the first line out of his mouth. Uh, uh, how does Satan assault the family? Through pride. I, I don't need you. Matter of fact, I had money for you. I met you. Ooh, that's tough. I make more money than you. You don't tell me what to do with my money. That's pride. You don't have to know my business. I got my sideline account. These secret hidden accounts in private apartments and socks and things. And nobody know what, what you got. Well, I got to keep the books. He's not going to know. He can't count no way. No, if he can't count, help him count. Show it to him. I don't care if you're doing e-pay, Google-pay, Google-pay, any kind of pay. After you finish, hey, honey, here's what it is. Here's what I laid out. Here's what I paid. What are your thoughts? Are you satisfied with what you see? Yeah, then hit the button and send it. You keep them involved. That's called mutual respect. I don't have nothing to hide from my wife. For 31 years, she know everything. I don't have, to, I don't have an account her name is not on. That's foreign to me. Oh, I got same names. Who got what? Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Selfishness. Marriages are torn asunder with selfishness and greed and pornography and sexual immorality. You know, even in the church. Folk messing with musicians. Musicians messing with folk. Folk messing with other folk. Underground stuff. In the church. Everybody, nobody's talking about it. Nobody's dealing with it because so many doing it. Even the pulpit. So he said, he can't tell us because he got it on him. I know something on him. He better shut up his mouth. I said it this morning. I'm not concerned about another woman in this house. And I passed them all. And some pretty women in this house. But nobody's prettier than my wife. She don't have to come home at an odd hour and and I got to do a mad dash and put somebody under the bed or in the closet. We don't have to do that. She can can get my cell phone when I'm not around. She can thumb through, see numbers in there. I don't care. 
I have no relationships that she can't see and ask about. I do not care. I know to whom I belong, and I know who God gave me, and everybody else hands off. I ain't going to mess with yours, you don't mess with mine, and we all be happy. (laughs) Spirit of the age, homosexuality, lesbianism, abortion. Oh, let me step on abortion. You know, people are talking about the Iraq war and the lives, war, lives lost in the Iraq war in Afghanistan. And, you know, every life is precious regardless of how they die. Let me qualify that right now. But do you realize the same folk that are crying about we shouldn't be in Iraq and Afghanistan and this and that will, will turn around and have no problem with edicts and edicts and policies affecting abortion? I look how quiet it's getting now. You know, policies are being created. All these, nobody's saying nothing now. Uh, why, why is it that abortion, since Roe versus Wade back in 1973, do you, how many babies have been slaughtered in the abortion mill that are in heaven around uh, under the altar crying out, Lord, how long? You know what I believe now? It's a startling thing. Listen to me. I believe, really, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if there are more babies populating the kingdom of God than conversions to Christ through the gospel. Now you think about that one. That's a deep thought. The, 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 all these trimesters and this mess, and all the way to the end. If the baby survives outside the room, outside of the womb, kill him. Nobody saying, I'm so glad my, my, my mama didn't abort me. Because she would have been a born a bald-headed black preacher that would not be standing here today preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. And you say, well, pastor, I, I committed abortion. Listen, there's no, that is not an unpardonable sin. That is a, God will pardon it. If you say what you did, tell him I committed abortion. And I grew up with God. I took a life. I murdered a baby that wasn't mine to take. And I plead the blood of Jesus Christ that you would forgive me in the name of Jesus. And God will wipe your slate clean and you need not feel guilty about that. And you move on to babies in glory and God will not charge that to your account. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know, so, so and I had to hang on that because you know what? Some of you all are get, being desensitized to the heinous sin of abortion. The Bible says, thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not kill. And, and they've been, abortion has been going on way back there. They tried to kill Moses. Remember that? They told those, uh, the, 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 those nurses and all those folk back there in Egypt, the Israelite women, the Jewish women, to kill those babies. And one was spared. You remember Moses? And, and put out uh, on the Nile River. And he was preserved. And just think, had, had his mama aborted him, Israel would not have had a emancipator uh, standing up before Pharaoh saying, let my people go. Then Jesus Christ himself. I mean, uh, at his birth, Herod, in a crazy, raging jealousy, passed an edict to kill all two-year-old children and under to destroy Jesus Christ, energized by the devil to keep salvation from coming to you and me. Now, people are talking about the war. If this is justifiable, and if that, and if that, and if that, and if that. But let me tell you something. If I don't have a right to be born, you have denied me the right of being black or white. You have denied a, a Hispanic or a, a Asian, whatever you are. You've denied me the right 
to be rich or poor. You do not need a right to choose to be educated or uneducated. That is the height of injustice when you deny me the right to be born. And what's frightening and staggering is that Christians don't even care. And we turn our heads at policies. You hear it, but you won't say nothing. Look how quiet it's getting now. And God says, be sure your sins will find you out. Be sure your sins will find you out. Listen, the authority of the word of God is the last word. And we don't put personalities or nothing else above the word of God. All right. Are y'all there? I hope y'all in red come back. Uh, Idolatry tears down the family. Addiction and drugs and alcohol. And unforgiveness destroyed the family. And bitterness destroyed the family. Therefore, we must fight for the sanctity, the, sacred, the sacredness of marriage. Beloved, be alert on God. Be wide awake. Because some of you have fallen asleep. And you become sleepy saints. And God is saying, wake up from your apathy and your lethargy. And get about the father's business. Let me ask you this question. Where you live? If you had a house and you got up about four o'clock in the morning to get a drink of water, maybe to take some meds or something, and you smell smoke and you discovered it wasn't your house, but you look out the window, your neighbor's house across the street was on fire. Four o'clock in the morning. I, I think if you had love, I know without a doubt, if you had love for humanity, you grab your cell phone and you run it across there, you're not taking time to put on some clothes. You out there with your pajamas or you out there with your nightgown and you dashing across the street, may not even know their names, but you bamming on that door and you screaming and you hollering and you calling 911 and you out there maybe 30 degrees, but you don't care because there are lives in the house and you want to make sure that they are rescued out of the house and then they miraculously come out because they heard your cry and they were saved. But you know what? People are dying all around you. The fires of hell are raging all around you. People are going to hell by the multitudes. And you're, oh, I can't wait for the game tonight. Uh, People are dying everywhere. And you talk more about the Super Bowl than you do Jesus Christ. And they're dying and going to hell. And you're yearning. And you ought to be dialing up spiritual one, one, one. And you ought to be knocking on the doors of the lives of people who are going to hell. To tell them to wake up. Wake up. Lest you die and burn in hell. When are you going to wake up? When are you going to be so concerned about the souls of others. That you will passionately do whatever it takes to win them to Christ. Because you want them to experience the salvation that you now have. And you realize hell is just that bad. And you will do whatever it takes to get their attention so that they won't be in the clutches of the enemy bound for hell. And all God's children said. Contending for our faith is worth the fight against Satan's tricks of his trade. He won't stop trying to circumvent our faith. Therefore, we must keep God first in all we do to resist him. We must be steadfast in exercising our authority in the name of Jesus to thwart Satan's efforts. We will be the recipients of God's perfect plan for each of us if we contend for the faith, or we will suffer the dire consequences. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org 
where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 6204 North in Converse, Texas 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.